Welcome to Americana Quill, writer to writer. Please like and subscribe and tell a friend that likes to subscribe. Today, my guest is a retired master sergeant and combat veteran with 30 years of service in the United States Army. He has deployed multiple times, star and starring with Desert, Desert Shield, including tours of Afghanistan, Bosnia, and Iraq. As an accomplished leader, he hopes to teach others what to expect in their own soldier journeys. His hopes, his words will inspire a whole new generation of strength and discipline-minded people. His motto is, there are never failures, just opportunities to learn and mature as a Christian man, a father, a soldier, a leader. In his downtime, he enjoys playing chess, bowling, and future books to write. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Mr. Dion McCarthy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm good. Did I say your name correctly? Yeah, you got it pretty good. Yes, sir. Okay. Would you like me to say Dion or, or Sergeant McCarthy? How should I, how should I address you? <laughs> We're family. Let's go ahead with Dion. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. So how are you doing during this time of the pandemic? How's your family? Is, is everything all right? How's everyone doing? Oh, yeah. We're, we're doing fine. I mean, everyone is rising to the challenge and, and uh, you know, we're banding together. We're doing good. Well, that's good. How did you first realize you wanted to be a writer or take the time to write a book? Because you had a different career path uh, before <laughs> this one. The, the funny thing about it is when you when when I retired, I had to write what they call an ETS award. And that spans my entire career from mm -hmm. the beginning to the end. And that's what gave me the idea. When I was brainstorming and coming up with all the the things that I've done, I, you know, I thought to myself, you know, this would this would be this would be helpful to someone. This would be interesting reading. And that's that's the beginning. That's where it started. Okay. And how long ago was the idea before it became inception of being a book out to the world, I guess? Oh, when I got really serious, it took all of a year to thoughts, to paper, to print. Okay. Um, how, so it took a year. When did you first realize... How long do you think it would take you to write the next book? Because I see it, it seems like it's a series of, of, of Mr. Good. And for those that don't know, it's the book is called Total Line. I think, I hope I mentioned that. Um, yes. It was a great read. It follows, it kind of chronicalized and follows the the character, Mr. Good. Yes. Or Sergeant Good, I think at this point. No, he's still private. <laughs> private, private Good, excuse me. And um, I had the opportunity to actually listen to the book and it was your voice that we're hearing now that was actually reading the book. And I found it to be very, um, very enjoyable to know that the person that wrote the book is actually able to read a book of fiction. Cause I hate my voice as far as when it comes to like trying to read my characters and how I have them in my head. So I found it amazing that you were able to do that and for it to sound so well and professional. So I guess my question is, how was that process along with after writing the book, now having to step inside of a booth maybe to record yourself to do such? It was it was scary and it was eye-opening because as I was narrating and reading my writing and speaking my writing at the same time, I, I was able to catch different things that I, I could have written better that didn't quite flow to me in my mind because I'm, I'm very critical of myself as mm -hmm. far as writing and narrating so that's 
that was the thing. And what I've learned from that going forward, because you're, you're right, it is a series. The series is called Beginning to Index. And index mm. is a play on words because index is a military term for the end of an exercise. So they just mm. combined it to call it index. So it's a play on words. So it's a beginning, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed to index, seasoned leader, you know, combat veteran all the way through. And the second book is, is about 90% done. The rough draft is about 90% done. Right. How many drafts does it take for you to feel like you, you have it where you want? Because for me, <laughs> for me, I feel like people think they change a lot after the first draft, but they really don't. It's just certain nuances of things they don't like after they flush out the whole idea. So I wonder if you're kind of the same way as a writer now that you're writing fiction or do you stay on something for like seven or eight different drafts until you feel like you got it? I stay on it for about three or four different drafts I will read through it word for word about three or four different times and then I'll I'll take a break and stand away from it and let someone else give me their opinions you know like an advanced reader or beta reader mm -hmm. and, and I'll let them give me their take on it mm -hmm. and if they're if they're in the ballpark of what I was trying to convey then I'll go with it right that and what sense. I what I've learned what I've learned for the second book is that I'm going to do the narration for the second book before I send the final draft for print. Because, you know, when I was reading it and narrating it, I, I picked up things that I wished I could have changed before the book was printed. Mm. So I think sometimes, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, sir. Um, for me, I realized that sometimes our writing styles is different from the way we speak. So therefore, speaking and having certain lingo translate better through through um, your voice than actually reading it on paper. So I totally understand of it being so proper in a book and then you trying to read it out loud, how it might come off like, ugh, yes. to you. Yes, exactly. That is the exact sound that I made. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I could only imagine. Maybe that's why I haven't jumped into that audio space, but I find that amazing that you did that as an independent author. I'm sure that took more time than you probably thought it would take, or did it take exactly the time you thought? Uh, it it went, it went on pace. I put myself on a strict schedule. I guess that's the military in me. I put put myself on a strict schedule, and, and I hit that schedule more times than not. There, there are definitely things that came up and, you know, but I, I, I stayed pretty close to schedule. Yeah, I think the best writers are those that have scheduled time to write. So, like, you being a military man, I can imagine that it's probably early morning wake-ups to write before you start your day. So can you give us a rundown kind of your schedule and how that looks? Uh, well, since I'm retired full-time, I, I get up at old dark 30 and, you know, coffee in hand and notes and outline, and I go. I, I write, yeah. I write, I, I take a note of my word count before I begin. And when I'm tired or want to stop, I'll take a look at the word count. And if it's within the range of what I set for myself that day, then I'll call it a day. But if it's right. not close, I, I will buckle down and continue until I hit that goal. Do you try to write like on average 2,000 words a day, 3,000? Like what's your, your average usually? About 2,000. 2,000 a day. And, and usually, I feel like that's a great number, to be honest with you. 
it, it is. And it gives me an opportunity to surge ahead and read and reread because I, I guess I'm one of those ones that kind of edits and tweaks along the way. Mm. You know, some, yeah. some feel that that's not a good way of doing it, that, mm -hmm. you know, get the thoughts down <laughs> and then go back. I just can't. I tried it. I just can't seem to relax my mind before I move on. <laughs> I think it goes back maybe to your previous career of being in the military. Maybe that's the reason why, right? It's like you want it done right away as fast as possible. Maybe that's your way of efficiency where everyone else is just thinking the flow of the creativity, let that come out and then deal with that other stuff later. But for you, I think structure is so important and that's what you've learned that Maybe that's why you have to do it that way. And maybe it just makes it better for you. Maybe you just you can't you can't let it go unless it's done the way you need it done. So that makes it, sense. It has to be. Because I, I guess one of the things that they kind of drummed into us well, through inculcation was uh, you know, it, you always have time to do it right the second time. Mm -hmm. You know, do it right the first time and and keep it moving. Right. And I guess being in the military, sometimes you don't have a second time to do it right. So it has to be done on the spot so no that makes sense of why uh, even if you tried it it probably didn't even sit right with you i could see that <laughs> <laughs> yes sir <laughs> i could see that i could definitely could see that so would you be 90 percent done with the second book are you excited are you a little bit um feeling somewhat out of the way of how you want to achieve it do you feel like you're on pace of like when you want to release the book or you don't have a timeline for that yet I, I really don't have a timeline. I let that be kind of independent of itself. You know, I don't, the first book ended up at about 75 to 80,000 words. And, and I'm not hitting, trying to hit that mark. I'm just trying to let the book live for itself. Okay. Yeah. I think listening to the book was such an enjoyable experience because I think seeing that type of word count for a new author sometimes could be like, oh man, oh my God, like, I don't know if I know this person, I don't know their writing style, but listening to it, you're able just to just to flow out without your day and just hear what's going on inside the book. And you broke it down in seven parts there. I don't know how you broke it down in the book. So how many chapters are in the book compared to the way you have it in the audio? Now, now that's gonna to get me to my rookie mistake because the, the first book, I didn't really break it down in, into chapters. Mm. I, I was thinking more or less the army lifestyle is a day-to-day -day. you know it's it's non-stop and so you and, broke and the really, seven major days of uh, or the seven major moments within the book that's what i'm assuming yes sir got it but continue i didn't mean to cut you off my apologies no 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 I, I but the second book i think i'm going to shorten the chapters and and be more i guess methodical about it you know, at the first book, you know, you make mistakes. And honestly, I, I, I'm kind of horrified to, <laughs> to read over some of the mistakes that I made for the first book. But that's just the learning process. Yeah, but I don't think it's necessarily a mistake. It's, it was your philosophy on how you thought the book should be laid out. I don't think that's necessarily a mistake. It's just maybe now for next time, depending on how the readers are feeling after they read the book, if it was digestible, maybe you make it more suitable for them. But I don't think it's... I don't think it's good or bad the way you might have done it. I just think it's, you know, some ways to make it more suitable for those that aren't so diligent in reading or they feel like they got to finish a chapter and if they got to read 
200 pages that they finish the chapter could be frustrating but like other than right. that I don't, I don't i don't think it's preference to the, to the author i i agree somewhat but I, I'm, I'm gonna make it a little i guess reader friendly is yeah. what we're talking about yeah i mean because that's after it's out of your hands it's kind of who it goes to right is what i realized it's like it's no as much as you think it's still your child it's now out for the world to to dissect so out into the book verse yes yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, did you like writing as a kid, or has this, was this more of a, a a a thing as an adult that kind of came along? Oh my goodness! It writing and English in general as a child growing up was not my forte. I I did not see myself writing a book in any sense of of the term. What, what I ended up doing is in, in the military, we have to write reports and counseling and things like that. And, you know, I got better there and I, I took a few classes to improve my counseling and the reports that I have to do for other leaders. And that's where it kind of grew, where I learned that I, I have a voice that I can put on paper. And, mm. and, and once I learned the power of that, along with the idea to make and write the book, then then it, it kind of was a, I guess, uh, a series of unfortunate events that led to this book. Okay. I find that so interesting, though, because, like, you took all the steps that I think writers don't like to take, like speaking out loud, like doing certain things like that, and then for you to say that you didn't necessarily have a love at first for English or writing, but... You sounded um, like you knew what you were doing from the step of reading it. I didn't hear no, no, no quiverness or unworried some of trying to read this. But then it goes to you probably being a leader of, of men and women and speaking to them and got to show them confidence during some exactly. crazy circumstances. <laughs> so. Exactly. I, I've, I've had plenty of experience of, let's say, narrating in front of soldiers because, you know, if if I'm looking and inspecting 30 soldiers, there are 30 soldiers looking and inspecting me on every word. And once I, once you're able to master that, speaking into a microphone is really not right. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't talk back. It just listens to you. So no, absolutely, I get that. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> um, let's see whatever questions I have. What's the one of the most surprising things you learned while creating this labor of, of this project and, and now your future projects? Because it seems like this can be a series that can go for seven to 10 books, in my opinion, from just reading the first one and just knowing how the mind can work when you're writing something of, of how poignant you did. I What I learned, well, what I learned is during this process is more respect for what I actually accomplished. I mean, you know, once... As you're going through it, you know, it, it's, it, it just becomes your life. Mm -hmm. But when you're able to stop and look back over the entire span of what you accomplished, it, I've, I've amazed myself. And, and not to sound narcissistic in any way. It's just, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. As a writer, it's just, it's like no one knows how many hours you sat down to make this come out. They might read it in four hours, but they don't know it took you maybe 200 hours to get it the way you needed it to. So like when you hear those words of appreciation from them, it's a, it's, I don't want to say humbleness. It's a, it's a moment of gratitude where you got to thank, your, thank yourself for going through the journey. 
So no, I totally get what you're trying to say. I, that's, I hope I'm saying what, you, what you're thinking because that's exactly you're what you're you're right there, and and yeah. I like the way you put it because it it is a labor of love that you mentioned also, and mm -hmm. you know if as a writer, and this is something that I've learned after I put out the first book. You know, reviews come and go. You know, some mm -hmm. are good, some are bad, but it just keeps you locked into why you're doing this in the first place. You know. Right. I, the reviews don't write the book. I write mm -hmm. the book. Right. And you know the journey of the character and how far you want the, the character's journey to go. So no, absolutely. Yes, sir. So do you have a, a number in mind of how many books you might want to complete? Yes. Uh, right now, I'm on four books for the beginning of Index series. Um, the first book is Total Line. The second book is State of Course. The third book is going to be uh, Mission Complete, and the last book is going to be, you know, Final Chapter, or I haven't really decided on that last book, but something more or less like, you know, fade out or hanging something up. Something to state the ending of yeah, the I, series. Yeah. I'm, leaning, I'm leaning on hanging the boots, hanging up the boots. I mean, that sounds pretty good as a title. If you, because you talk about how the military boots in the, in the story, if you don't mind me saying, is, um, was annoying, I guess, being like a kid from Chicago in the character and knowing that how these boots kind of kind of work is it's not yeah. always the most polite. So that'd be interesting <laughs> for you to put as the final chapter, I mean, the final book to end the series. And the reason why I think you're on the right path of doing a series is because if they love the first book, they'll continue the series. Exactly. Until you get people to buy into you, it's easier for them to buy into a series and those characters that they just read because they gave a chance the first time, especially as an indie author. So I think you're doing that a great job they, of just starting out that way. They the, the from the feedback that I've gotten, it was a, it's a lot of people that buy into me and more respect for what I've gone through, and they also fall in love with specific characters. Mm -hmm. So there there may be some characters you know, maybe a side book for, you know, to further along separate characters journey also. Well, that's amazing too, right? Now you can do spinoffs and, and tell other stories if you can get a good outline of, of these particular characters like Walker. Exactly. That, that's exactly like that. who I was talking about. Because yeah. a lot of people love the, the underdog. And I purposely made Walker the, the contrast, the underdog, to, to mm -hmm. where you can, the reader can feel the struggle from a different perspective. They, they may have felt the struggle that Good went through, but the struggle that Walker went through was even deeper. Right, it was exponential for sure. Yes, and, and it, it brought about a, a brotherhood also, you know, a, a camaraderie where you, you have to learn the teamwork. And, and I purposely only mentioned the race of one character. And, and that was one of the drill sergeants. I, I purposely did not say who was black, white, Hispanic, or anything. I, I kind of right. left that for the reader to feel. No, absolutely. I think the only one that you could probably tell was of, of Latin descent, I think, was the, the female soldier because of her last name, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about uh, Cruz. 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 Right. right. Yeah. Got you. Yes, sir. But other than that, it's like you don't know if she's a dark Latin person. You don't know, you know, the 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 race. You just know the ethnicity. So that's still perfect. Like it doesn't, you know, 
that's what I love about um, books is like you get to kind of create the colors of the characters in your own head. So it, it's pretty yeah. cool. And I, I got that. I got that advice that. not to, I guess, uh, force an image upon a reader. You know, I, I got yeah. that. No, I think that helps though, right? Because everyone's going to have their own perception, especially, um, and it helps them just stay in tight with how they want to see the story go with the way they see the characters looking. So it makes sense. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I, I think my next question is, when do you think you'll have the all the all the books out? And the reason I ask that is because I think as an independent author, a lot of people don't realize if you're starting to do series, people love catalog. So it's like I think what I think as independent is the best way to do the best thing to do is probably do a series. I learned the hard way of just doing standalone books, not getting all the traction I want. Although the books are very good, those that take time to read it. I think a series for some reason does well on Amazon and people will just naturally invest in four or five books. And then from there, you kind of build a catalog of where they become a fan of just wanting to see the, these, these characters. Evolve. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think I try to tell people that are looking for advice. I say, if you think you have a series, write the series first mm -hmm. and then go into your standalone books of different genres. So I'm just curious on, do you, like what's your catalog when do you feel like it will be completed i think i'm i'm trying to stick with every year to have it out so uh, the process is going to take another four years to have the entire series done complete print audio book done mm. so i i'm i think i'm gonna go that way and the funny story about why i thought it would be better as a series not only because of the totality of the whole 30 years that I've done, mm -hmm. I was watching a, a movie, a random movie of, <clears throat> I think it was Misery. Mm -hmm. And that that character was obsessed with the, the writers, the authors series. You know, everyone knew that they were, there was another Misery book and it was always coming out and it just built it, its own synergy. Right. So I, I wanted to, to capture that, you know. No, it, it's a thing for people. I don't know why, but it is. And it's just one of those things that I realized it. But I guess for me, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into telling only one story. So like mm -hmm. I did I did my standalones first, and now I'm finally getting into a book series, which is like called Malcolm Evers. It's kind of play on like Mega Evers if like if he was never to be assess or if he was to survive his assassination attempt and like became a lawyer and like had kids, maybe that would be the new trade of the family. So then it just follows into like his great grandson now becoming a lawyer and like moving to New York and kind of like well, doing like his that. thing out there. Thank you. So that's kind of like where that. I started my series journey is like, is now and I've been writing since 2013 and I have seven books out before I started a book series. So now I feel like I'm not gonna be pigeonholed because at least now there's other books out there on me. Is that a concern for you? Is like maybe being pigeonholed into only telling military stories or is that, is that all you want to really tell? That's that's all I really want to tell for right now. I haven't developed a love for anything other than that. That's that's The military has been my life for most of my life, if, if, right. if that makes sense. Did you want to retire or do you feel like it was just time? It was time. It was time. And, and I'm, 
I'm trying to depict that in in the writing that it it it, it was time because the army had changed from when I got in. There were mm. we had less authority. We had less abilities to train the soldiers the way that the soldiers deserve and needed to be trained. Mm. That's interesting. So. Yeah. So let me see. Um, do you have any questions for me? I don't, you know, it could be a two-way uh, street. No, no. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. This is no, freaking amazing. Man. No, I, I hope you're enjoying yourself, <laughs> to be honest. I am. It, it, it's 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 different. I thought it would be more, um, I would be more nervous to speak about, you know, the inner thought processes behind the book, but it's, it's freeing. It's, yeah. it's freeing. It's liberating. Yeah. I think sometimes just talking to another writer that kind of understands is easier to just, just flow about the ideas and just let the, the thoughts come out. Oh my goodness. Because you, if, if I talk to someone that is not an author or a reader and they, they see me or they hear that I'm in the room, door closed, phone off, and I'm just going. They, mm -hmm. they cannot fathom that I'm enjoying myself. They can't fathom how I'm able to do that hours and right. hours, day in and day out. I think it, writing comes easy to those that naturally like to work. And I feel like you can't, writing's not a lazy job. You know, you gotta really sit down and put in the hours. Like it, there's no way around it unless you hire someone to write for you. <laughs> no. You know, no. so and, like. Uh -uh. And, and another difficult part that I'd learned after the first book is writing the book and publishing the book is not the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. The most difficult part to me is marketing. For everyone, especially as an independent author, I think that's why everybody has the dream of getting signed to a major publisher. So it's to, it's to avoid that because that's a different job on itself that it's hard to master if you're already trying to master one thing, which is the writing craft. So no, it's a lot. It is a lot. And and I had no idea. I thought the book going out there, it the military soldiers would see it and, you know, gravitate to it. But, oh, no, I, I really literally have to put it directly in people's faces. Right. And then they'll support. It. It's like if they get to touch you, they'll be they'll want to support. However, we're living in times right now where everything's through Zoom and everything else. So it's kind of difficult. But maybe with you being within the military family that you'll be able to like maybe do a book tour or something. And... Well, see, and then that's the, the second challenge because I was afraid to release the book during the pandemic. I was going to wait to release the book till after the pandemic, maybe around, you know, somewhere around this time mm -hmm. uh, where while things are starting to relax a little bit, still a pandemic, but just not as stringent. Right. And, and, you know, I got some advice to just know the time is now. Time is now. Yeah, there's never, it's never, because books on like movies and, and TV shows, they can always come back to it. It doesn't matter. You just got to put it out and let it live. Yes. And, you know, uh, the person was telling me that, you know, I'm going to have challenges because I can't do the traditional book signing or the book tours and, you know, everything like that. And, you know, it, it just adds another wrinkle right. that most other authors will are just learning themselves so yeah it's 
Absolutely. It's challenging just as an independent, but without no backing, right? Everything's through your own pocket or through your own relationship. So it's going to be challenging either way. This just add another element, but that's why I think catalog is the key. Cause if you, if they love one book, they're going to pick up the next 17 books if it, if, it, if they enjoy it. Right. So it's like about getting the books out there to have an established catalog for people to invest in. And I, I'm now seeing the benefits of the years of just taking the time to write a book a year where now there's a catalog where now they pick up one and if they like me or they think they like me, they'll now f see five or six more books to check out. So exactly. And if it's they a compound see one effect, book, right. And if they're down the, if they, let's say they find my second book first mm -hmm. and they purchase that and they, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm missing a whole thing and that will drive them to pick up the first book, finish exactly. that and then continue on. So it, it's kind of like you can't pick up the Hobbit series, you know, in the third book. <laughs> right. But if you've heard about how good the third book is, you're going to hurry up and buy the first two to get to the third one so you could be in the know. So I think that's the game as in the authors I try to stress to us is that you got to play the catalog and the longevity game if you want to make money out of it. If you just want to do that at a labor level, that's great too. That's where it should start. But if you want to at least get your money back, you got to, I think you got to try to play the catalog game for sure. Exactly. And, and and monetarily, I'm not looking for, let's just say, to be on the plus side of right. making books until maybe the third or fourth book. That, yeah. That's when I've, I think I've established a foundation okay with that. style. Yes. Right. And I honestly think once you're able to go back to the military bases and maybe do your connections there, I think you'll recoup your budget is what it seems like, to be honest with you. Just all those people that will probably want something to read that kind of reminds them of what they've been through or what they're going through, for sure. Oh, yeah. I've definitely got some feedback that I've captured a lot of the things that they might have forgotten and remind them of their basic training experience with, with happy, fond memories, you know, even, right. you know, and some people would some people reacted negatively. You know, there, there's definitely some experiences that you'd rather not relive. But for the most part, there, there's experiences that brings a lot of people happiness to, to think back. Right. And I think for those that probably enjoyed it are those that made a career out of the military and then just didn't do it just to escape whatever they might have had going on at home, right? It's probably a yeah. lot of the ones that maybe did just the four years saw just too enough. much what they weren't really built for seeing. And then someone like you that made a career out of it that truly enjoyed it, the whole experience, whether good or bad, within those moments that probably enjoyed exactly. the book. So I can exactly. say that. And I, I also purposely didn't make the, the drill sergeants the villains. They were antagonistic, mm -hmm. but I, I tried to put a, a, an essence of humility and, and purpose to them. You know, and I think one of the actual words that I, I put in the book is now I understand why the drill sergeants are the way they are. No, yeah, you did. Because you talked about how they used to call him Goody, even though they knew his actual name was Good. So like exactly. and he and he actually spoke highly of his his privates after when they were about to graduate and things like that. So no, you definitely show humility after some of the things that were happening for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and it, it's definitely some humorous points in there. It, it could be, yeah, it's definitely enjoyable to reread and, you know, reminisce about those those days. No, absolutely. Are you from Chicago as well, as, as from the, as the, the way the character is? I am. The, the main character is predominantly me, 
but it's a hodgepodge of experiences that either I've gone through or Both I've sorry. seen other people going yeah. through. It, it's just the ideal of, you know, that person. Yeah. Right. Unless unless the, the main character is a killer, that's usually most fiction books is like 55% at least the, the, the person that's writing it and then the rest is just think they might have pulled from other people that they've seen in their lifetime. So no, that totally makes sense. Yes. Yes, sir. But yes, I am I am from Chicago, uh, born and raised. A um, lot of lot of uh, things about living in the city prepared me for the military. Right. You know, I, I was not afraid of, you know, gunfire or sirens and things right. like that. It's just part of my my environment. Right. So, how did it feel to escape that extreme of, of moments? to like uh, the extremes of the military, I guess it's a question. Shaky, shaky, it was, it was a transition. It definitely was a transition because I, I, was, I was having a person that I'm not familiar of being around speaking to me in a way that I'm not familiar of being spoken to. Right. So it, like, was, it was definitely a cultural shock and, and, and I had to really search and dig deep into my purpose what 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 did i really expect to find mm -hmm. yeah i just find that interesting because it's like um the parts of chicago that they say are beautiful is probably downtown and i guess the north side is what i hear about yeah so like to hear that so much of the rest of the city is going through so much turmoil and then to go into a military system where I'm sure a lot of people already feel like they've been forgotten about and then you try to join your military system and then they talk to you some type of way I, I would I would feel a level of anger and frustration just through that alone it's like I'm not seeing the love I should receive of economics and opportunities home and now I'm getting being talking to by somebody that has nothing no idea what I've been through to even get to be in front of them and told this freaking line exactly can only so imagine you, what that was like. It sounds like you 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 got it because total line is is not just literal. It, it is a mindset of, of mm -hmm. you know, it is a mindset, and I'm I'm trying to and that's my goal is to drive that home to the readers that it's not just a literal sense of towing a line. It is you have to walk the walk and talk the talk twenty four seven, and uh, you know it's funny, but. That, that contrast and that toughness, that street toughness is mm -hmm. why I, what I used to come up with the character of Jefferson. Jefferson was the, the street smart character from New York and he got a rude awakening from the drill sergeant. And the drill sergeant gave him some sage advice that you know, of course he didn't take, but it was sage advice. Right. No, absolutely. So. I just find that uh, interesting dichotomy that you've been through in your actual life and now you're right, able to have the world view, I guess, to now write it in a book. I just find it very intriguing to, to continue to listen and continue to read um, yeah, your, your series. No, absolutely. So usually I do a quote of the week and lyrics of the week, um, but I don't really have lyrics for uh, the military purpose. So, <laughs> but the quote of the week that made me think of just the book that you wrote and just I think the 
the militant mindset you have, um, the quote of the week is from uh, M.G. Bush, and it says, step into a seam and let it drip from your fingertips. I feel like that's just a simple, clean way of just saying you just have to step into whatever you want to write and just break your damn hand until you get it done. And I think that's something that you did with your book, for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. And that that is very fitting. Thank you for that. Uh, no, anytime. And I just want to say thank you again to everyone listening to me and Dion's conversation. I really appreciate it having you on. Appreciate you having me. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, hope to do this again soon. This is great. Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Americana Quote, writer to writer. Take care.